0: This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. So in the past, uh, about the past year, maybe, I've had some things in my life that I just, you know, have you ever gone and you just pray and you, you drive and you go and you, you just want something from the Lord, you keep asking, and He just won't give it to you. He just won't give you what you're looking for you seek, you knock, you, you want. And uh, one thing I want, I guess more than anything in my life is understanding all things. And to understand, you have to have knowledge and to have knowledge, you have to have wisdom. And so those three go in hand. And so I have uh, geared my entire life for understanding why, what, when, how, where. I want to understand everything. Well, the wisest man in the world ever says that can't happen, but some things we can. And I know through my life and years ago, I'm going to be getting deep into Ecclesiastes, word for word for word. There's some things in here, some words in here that that, that a lot of people really don't even understand. And I'm going to explain them because it's just powerful information. Little things like uh, vanity. It doesn't mean pride. It's emptiness in the final result in life apart from God. Everything we do under the sun. Uh, so life, and life under the sun is what, what my concern is because when we, lie, when we die, when we lay our burdens down, when everything's done we won't need faith, we don't need to know anything. All things we'll know. So I want to know how to make it here under the sun while I'm here the best that I can do. Apart from redemption, I know I'm redeemed, and and redemption is, is, is a big thing, but to have someone that has a tremendous amount of money and they die, and the poorest man is poor as dirt, and they die, it's all the same. It's over. Where the tree fell, it's over. So the best that we can possibly do with the knowledge that there is a God there is a holy God. We're going to get into the holiness of God too over the next few months with this book here. With the knowledge that there is a holy God and that no man can search his work out from the beginning to the end. Nobody can. And we do not understand his work. I won't understand mine. I won't understand what, how I can make your life better because I'm here. God's work, he's not going to let us find out what he's doing. We'll never understand why a good man dies and an evil man continues to thrive. We will never understand that. But uh, me and Teresa for years used to, we haven't done it in a while. We would hear of a, a tremendous speaker that were coming into town. We, I've heard so many preachers and so many, I would, go, I would travel you know, two days to go hear a man speak for an hour and pay good money to do it i've i've heard everybody i don't know if you ever remember carlton pearson from uh anyway there's, there's a whole lot of speakers through the years that me and teresa have just gone to just get knowledge as we were building our lives and you know you look back and say why did we do all that but we've gained from it and uh Here's a little story that I thought was cute. I don't know if if y'all have ever heard of the ship repairman. I'm gonna get into some lessons here in a minute, but this is what I'm talking about understanding. And uh, there was a giant, huge cargo ship that the engine failed at sea. And an entire section of the country's economy Relied on this ship, this giant ship that was sitting there stalled out in the sea and couldn't get it, couldn't get going. And it was just loaded; it was like three football fields long, just just their entire supplies. So they were flying in experts from all over to come in and try to fix this engine and get it running. And finally, they found an an aged old man. He was an old man who had been working on ships since he was a since he was a kid following the ship, grew up in the shipyard, working on ships. And uh, they, he heard about that. He said, you know, I, I can fix that ship. No, you can't fix that ship. We've been flying, we've had experts, experts come in. He said, I'm telling you, I can fix it. So they flew him in and put him on that ship and he'd had a little bag of tools he hung over his shoulder and he went down on the engine room and he looked that engine up and down, up and down up and down and he just was looking at it and he just smiled the owners of the ship were there these people were there these these big money people that, that knew everything about engines and all he pulled a little small hammer out of his bag and he knelt down tap 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 and the engine surged into power and it was fixed just a tap 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 with a little hammer he smiled, put his thing in the back. He goes home and he sends them a bill for $10,000. So the owners of the ship said, what in the world is this? I want an itemized statement on why are you charging us $10,000? He says, well, I'm charging you, this is, this, I'm charging you $2 for tapping the hammer. $9,998 to know where to tap. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, that's understanding. That's knowledge. That's, that's what he, you know, he's, he's, you know he, didn't, he didn't spend an hour. But he knew what to do. He knew where to tap. And so this is where we're going with our lives in this book here. Is knowing the times, when to speak, when not to speak, when to act, when not to when what what to do, what with the knowledge that we have. So when we start off, this this is gonna be boring for you, but it's important to me because I'm I'm I want to know it all about this book right here. Because the Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man ever, especially in his time. That people from all over the world came and sought his wisdom. And so if, if God calls this man the wisest man ever, I decided I want to pick this man's brain from what little bit of information do we have? Word for word. So to understand, you know, Ecclesiastes it actually means preacher. In Hebrew it's Kolet, which means preacher. The Hebrew Bible is called a Tanakh. It's pronounced Tunakh. I'm not going to forget that. Tunakh. But that, the Hebrew Bible is called the Tanakh. It's in three sections. You have the Torah, which is the first section, which was the law of God was revealed to Moses. It's called the Pentateuch Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the Torah, the first section of the Tanakh. This is boring, and it's, but it's important to me. I'm, I'm, these next few months that we're gonna be teaching this for me, and I'm just sharing it with you because it's, it's really, it, you'll, you'll really get a blessing out of it if, you, if you're tuned into it. I just wish that there was a whole lot of people that could get into this uh, because this will explain why good people die, why good people suffer. Why good people toil. Why bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Why things are the way they are. And just, just because God's got it all in control. Every bit of it. Every breath we take, it's all anointed. The second section is called the Navim. And the Navim is the second major division in the Hebrew Bible called the Tanakh. And they consist of, let me see. It's divided into two groups, the former prophets, which is Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, and the later prophets, which is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the 12 minor prophets. The third section is where, we, where, we, where Ecclesiastes is, it's called Ketuvim. So it's three sections in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, the Torah, the Navim, and the Ketuvim. And that third section, which is where Ecclesiastes, the Ecclesiastes is, is divided into three groups. Wisdom, which contains Psalms, Proverbs, and Job. The Megalot, which consists of Ruth, Song of Solomon, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Esther, and the histories, which consists of Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, the Chronicles. And so that is, the, that is the Hebrew Bible, and going into Ecclesiastes, where where is the third section of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. Ecclesiastes is the book of man. The main things that are in there is, is under the sun, the reasoning about life itself, while we're alive, while we are among the living, the reasoning about life, the book of man and women. I don't want to say when I say man, I don't mean it's not isolated to just man. This is how Solomon is, is and it's the best that man can do with the knowledge that there is a holy God and that He alone will bring everything into judgment. Every word, every thought, every action, every, every motive, everything, good people, bad people, every single thing done, said, thought, ever will come into judgment one day at one place or another. It will come into judgment by a holy God. Now, the brain itself is like a big computer. Everybody knows what a SIM card is. Can you, did you, you, when we were kids, did you ever think that there would be so much information on one little bitty card that could just hold every single question you ever had about the entire world? Now, our brain is like that in a way because nobody ever really forgets anything. Like, for instance, nobody is thinking about what you did Thursday right now until I just mentioned it. But if I think about, okay, where were you at at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning? You say, oh, oh, I was here and I did this. Okay, do you remember your graduation night? Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, but I remember I know, how the family got together. It's in there. We forget absolutely nothing. And my point with that is when we stand before a holy God and get judged. I'm not going to get judged for what you do or you do or what you say or what you think or nothing. I'm going to stand and my brain is going to be put on a DVD and it's from birth to death and every single thing I thought, every single thing I did, every single action I've done is going to be and before a holy God who knows it all. And I'm going to be judged for what's here. It's all in there. Every thought, every action, the only thing that can stop that is if it's under the blood, it's deleted. We know about it, but when it's placed in judgment, that part will be deleted. Only what we've done for God will actually stand. But it's there, and, that, and people, people don't understand it. Everything, every single thing we think, there are a lot of things we don't even know, we can't even remember that we've done, we will be judged for. How we've treated people, what we've said, what we've done. And so the key phrases in the book of Ecclesiastes are under the sun. While we've got time, if we're breathing, we have hope. Long as somebody has got a breath in their life, in their body, they have hope, unless they're in a coma. The other key phrase is, I perceived. This is the wisest man in the world said, I perceived, and you can perceive things based on history. Okay, 100% of the time when this is done, this happens. So I can perceive, okay, okay, I can perceive, brother, if I come up and I hit you, you ain't going to like it and you going to probably hit me back out the flesh. I can perceive that. I don't I just I'm just using that hypothetically. I can perceive that That if I'm so depressed and I'm you know this and that and I take a gun and I'm going to I'm gonna, I mean, I pull that trigger, you know, before that happens you can perceive if you see that happening, that that's going, not going to turn out good for me. I can perceive that if I drink a poison, that it's not going to be good for me. You, you can perceive on history or well, things that have happened, and that's what Solomon is, is, going to, is talking about. He perceived, and he said in his heart, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try everything that I can possibly try to find out what is good and what is bad for man under the sun while he's alive while he still has hope while he can do it and it's depressing this book is a very depressing book to me inspiration sets down accurately what passes i mean you can you can see what has already passed by history and and say yes that happened but conclusions and reasonings are ours okay declaring it in vanity, in view of judgment, to devote to earthly things, devote our life to earthly things, it's the best that man can do apart from redemption, but it doesn't anticipate the gospel. This is what Ecclesiastes is about. The best that you can possibly do with your life, while you're breathing, while you're alive, while you're here, while you still have hope, because, not, this isn't about being saved and lost. This is about what we've done with our life here, what we're going to be judged for when we do lay down. And every one of us are going to face death if Christ don't come. Every single one of us have an appointed time, and it's coming. It's coming fast. We're closer today than we were yesterday. We're clo- we'll be closer tonight than we were today. And every breath we take Counts. And this is outside of the gospel. This book was written not anticipating the gospel, but anticipating that everything will be judged by a holy God. Okay, here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse one. We're gonna get into some verses here and break break these words down. I mean, it's really powerful. When we get to forgiveness, I mean, I'm just brushing ahead. You know, we'll jump back into Kings and Chronicles. I don't know if anybody is too familiar with with Solomon's prayer, but two of the biggest words in Ecclesiastes, two of the biggest words is, if, and that's, you know, we're supposed to confess our sins, sure. But the Bible says, if we confess, he's faithful and just. You know, me and my wife have discussions about that time. You're supposed to forgive them. I said, I will tell them if they come right here and say, I am so sorry. I'll get on my knees and I'll wash their feet like the preacher. I'm not going to hold and harbor no ill feel for somebody, but, but you can't, you can release forgiveness inside of your own spirit and release forgiveness and not be in bondage. But if a person truly wants forgiveness, they have to ask and want it. Forgiveness just don't fall off a tree and say, we can just live a free life and just, oh yeah, we're all forgiven because we're saved. That just don't happen. If we can, Solomon said that too, that if these people go evil and turn back to the Holy God, we're going to bring them back into into the fold. We're going to do that. And so we'll cover forgiveness in a big time way here in the next uh, few lessons because it's, it, it's all about if we confess. Now look here, just in the first two chapters of Ecclesiastes, the word "all" that means all, every all, is, is said 25 times in just two chapters. Totally, well, I'm not. I'm not going to get that far back in. But this 25 times, I have. Seen to me, that word all means quite, is, is quite a powerful thing. That means every single one of us. Every single incident. All of it. So here we are. Chapter 1, verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanities of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All everything under the sun is vanity now what does that actually mean vanity in Ecclesiastes doesn't mean foolish pride it means emptiness in the final result of life apart from God everything is empty Everything. I mean, because what you argued about ten years ago means absolutely nothing in the view of eternity. Who you're mad at tomorrow means absolutely nothing. If you if you're mad at somebody today and you die tonight, it means absolutely it's vanity. It's empty. It means nothing. The fights you had ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Everything in life. Every breath. Every breath we take, everything we do in the view of eternity is absolutely meaningless. How much money you made, how much, who was right all the time. Every single thing in this life means absolutely not one thing because everybody goes to the ground. Everybody dies. Everybody. And so what I thought about this and what I, now it does matter using wisdom and helping people solve problems in their life so they can be better. Don't get me wrong on that. We're talking about in the scope of my life, I can toil and work and go and go and go and die, and none of that means nothing because in 50 years, nobody's going to know anything about what I did my whole life and toiled about. Think about it. Who is your great-great-grandfather? I doubt seriously anybody knows his name. I doubt seriously Nobody knows what they did. I doubt very seriously nobody knows one thing about where they went to school, who they played football with, what kind of toys they had, how many fights they had, how many, what nothing about, it's gone. That's vanity. It's empty, forgotten. And that's going to be exactly every single one of us in another 50 years or 100 years. Everything we did, everything we thought here on this life under the sun while we were alive is gone. Gone forever. The only thing it's going to be empty that's going to matter is our relationship with what we've got with God because that's going to last. So, vanity is this. This is what, what, what Solomon is trying to teach us here. In verse 2 Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities. All of it is vanity. Life under the sun is to be born. To toil. Now to toil is to work hard. Hard. Work hard. To suffer. To suffer is to be subject to something bad or unpleasant. We all suffer. We all haven't we all have things we don't like. We don't we, we hurt we, we, or we or such situations that are really unpleasant that we're involved in. Some transitory joy. Transitory means it's not permanent. You got a little bit of happiness here, but something comes along. And you forget about that. And you got to deal with this. Yeah, you you, you, your team wins a game and you're all happy about it. But then something happens here. You don't think about nobody's thinking about who won the Super Bowl last year. You know, the, the Ram fans, they're, they're thinking about it, but nobody's thinking about that. But, but you got some kind of transitory joy from day to day and day to day life under the sun, but it's gone. To leave it all and die. That's vanity. That's what he's talking about. Your entire life, every single thing that you do, we do for our mouth. We do to eat and and, and, and we toil and we suffer and we experience some joy, a little bit of joy. And it's to be born, to toil, to suffer and have a little bit of joy and die. And it meant nothing. Absolutely not one thing. It's gone. It's swept away. Forgotten forever. And so to get caught up in, in stuff and in junk and 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 stuff and and that's gonna mean nothing in another fifty years is foolish. And and this is what, what, he's trying, this is what Solomon's here, and it's just in the very first verse, he's trying to talk. Everything under the sun while we're alive, while we're breathing, it all means absolutely nothing. And, uh, and so that is uh, so it says, verse 3 What profit hath a man of all his labor that he takes under the sun? What is the real profit? Your work, you're your born, your work. You suffer, you laugh a little bit, and you eat, and you die. You know, what's the profit? What what the profit is, is your relationship with God because that's where it ends up. That's where the finality is. The, a transitory life that, that means absolutely, that, that's, that's okay. I mean, we all gotta eat, we all gotta survive, we all gotta, is to to help somebody else find the way. To help somebody, that's what's gonna matter folks, is to help somebody else find, and and and, to, and I can't understand sometimes how, why good people have to suffer. But that's, that's just the way, we all do. It doesn't matter if you're saved or lost. That's what life is all about. You're born. You work hard, some of us. You toil. You 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 suffer. You have some kind of joy. And you die and leave it all. And nobody ever remembers a thing about you in another 50 years. Not one thing. And uh, that's, that's vanity. That's what he's talking about. All of this under the sun is empty. It's all vanity. Apart from my life that goes to meet a holy God, and we're all going to the ground. We're all going to the grave. Every one of us. It's sad to think. Like I'm gonna skip ahead to the verse, verse 18, and then I'm gonna come back. Cause as we as we learn, as we know, as we grow, as we as we knock and we seek and we we, we want to want. Oh God, just help me open my eyes. Solomon, the wisest man on the world, in the world ever, said this. And much wisdom, he said, be careful. This is verse 18. And much wisdom is much grief. He that increases his knowledge increases his sorrow. And I, you know, I haven't been meditating on that. Well, how is that possible? Because, because you understand lost people, family people, People in the church that people and the preacher's been talking about getting involved. People that do nothing, and you, you 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 know the blessings that God puts on your life. You know you know, and you understand if you would just do this, that wouldn't happen. If you would just do this, and you understand, and you see the hurt people go through, and it increases your hurt, increases your grief because you've got the answer. If you just wake up and just do right. Don't worry about the stuff. Don't worry about it. So as you increase your knowledge and increase you understand some things about life, it pours on grief, especially when you see somebody in your family. Why are you doing that? That's grief to me. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? I mean, the Book of Life is all here if, if you had just done this, if you had just said this, if you had just went this way, and so by the knowledge you have of knowing what 's going to happen, you see people just walking off the end of a cliff, and, and, and it just, it's just it 's painful because they keep walking, they fall off, you help them get back up, they walk again. but don't do that. Go this way. And it's a continual cycle of of people never getting their brain geared up to understand what they're doing. And so that's what that, so I'm going to flip back here. I'm running out of time for some good stuff. Verse 4. One generation passes away. Another generation cometh, but the earth abides forever. Let's flip over to Psalms 90 for a second. One generation passes, and another one comes. Go back three generations. You don't know a thing about it. You don't know Only thing, you might know a hist- historical event that happened, but you don't know anybody that lived personally three generations ago. It's gone. It's vanity. Everything that happened in their life is gone. Look at chapter 90 here. See, I'm, I'm looking at this realistically. Some people beat the odds. My dad beat the odds. He's not, he died at 91. Average. We're talking averages. We're talking about all the billions of people in the world, average, what David is saying right here. And, and see, all of the Ecclesiastes, if you look at it real closely, are sayings that were passed down from him from his father David. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.